In case you're new, I'm Steve, the interim pastor here, and today we have a shared sermon. It'll, it'll take a couple hours, but we have, I don't know, five, six people. No, it won't take, I promise, I promise it won't take that long. But uh, we have our leadership team and staff doing kind of a, a relay, if you will, uh, with various uh, components of what's going on around here and what, more importantly, we, we sense God's leading us into. Now, I want to start with this big number up here. 50, a lot of you think, well, Steve, that is, is that your age? That plus quite a few, actually. But uh, 50, who remembers what was happening around here 50 days ago? Exactly. <laughs> Easter. Easter, that's right. Resurrection Day. The celebration of, of the relaunch of everything, really. Uh, how many of you know what happened 50 days after the first Easter, the first Resurrection Day. Pentecost. Pentecost, yeah. Hence, Penta, right, from 50. And that comes from the Festival of Weeks, the uh, Jewish festival, the Hebrew festival. You find this in the Old Testament, uh, where 50 days after Passover, they would have this great celebration, kind of a, a, a harvest feast called Pentecost because of the 50-day figure. But then, 50 days after the actual resurrection, it was at that Jewish festival that the risen Jesus ascended to the Father, pours out his Holy Spirit upon his followers. And so we're going to look at the day of Pentecost kind of briefly before the leadership team comes up. So Acts chapter 2 is where we'll spend at least a little bit of time. I encourage you to find that in the Bible. And while you're looking for that, Acts chapter 2, I want to ask another question. Anybody know what was going on here 50 years ago. 50 years ago. Well, a bunch of you were around somewhere, right? I'll tell you what happened 50 years ago. 1971. A new church was planted. Then called Lakewood Covenant Church. Now called Grace Covenant Church, right? So, um, happy birthday, Grace Covenant. Now, in, in the fall, probably, the leadership teams talked a little bit about this, probably in the fall, uh, we'll have an all-out party to celebrate uh, our 50th birthday. But in the meantime, just want to acknowledge this and uh, express to God gratitude for the foundation that was laid over these 50 years. I believe there was only one current member who was part of the church back then, and that's Floyd Hussey. I think he was 14 years old or so. I don't see Floyd here today. But uh, ask him about what that was like. I don't know if as a 14-year-old he was paying that much attention, but he, he was around at that time. And then uh, a few folks have been around most of those years. Jim Hill, you've been here since 77 or? 77, 78. Yeah, 77-78. And just a foundational, um, you and Barb, foundational for all that God was doing over these years. And then... Uh, Right about the same time, Bob and Kathy Perborski, unfortunately, because of health reasons, they can't be with us today, but uh, they came just a little bit after. Oh, they came before. Okay. So you have to respect them, right? Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. Three or four months. Yeah. Well, your families have been uh, very significant for the development of this church family. So let, let's... Jim can represent lots and lots and lots of people who've been here before us, so let, let, let's give them thanks. 
So we look back with gratitude, but we also are looking ahead today. And what is it? How is God going to start the next 50 years? I'm guessing some of us won't be around at that celebration, but we want to have a role to play in, in what that might look like. Here's the thing as we talk about um, a road to relaunch. A road to relaunch is what we're calling this Sunday. It's not like we're starting over. I mean, God's done great things that he's carrying on, and we want to see that continued for sure. But at the same time, it's not like we're going back just to some kind of good old days. I mean, God always has new, like the song we just sang, it's a new day. There's, there's new things that, that God by his spirit is always doing. And Grace Covenant is in a kind of new, a new chapter here. I mean, COVID restrictions are easing up, but then uh, we do expect, we'll say more about this later, but we expect to be welcoming a new senior pastor uh, sometime this year. Let me say this, that any road, any road to any kind of a relaunch into anything that matters, the road is not just this or that, plan, program, whatever. The road is Jesus who said, I am the way, Amen. right? Not, not just one of the ways. He is the way. And so what we're about, and just let's really try to internalize this, is that, that we exist, as the banner says, we exist to follow Jesus. We exist to follow Jesus. And he'll take, you could express this a thousand different ways, but he'll, we follow Jesus into this passionately loving God, intimately connecting with each other, intentionally growing up into his image, joyfully serving with his gifts, and boldly living out his good news. Now, we, we have a little gift for you. It's a happy birthday to Grace gift for you, a little bookmark, and it has the, the image of the banner and this mission statement. Please take this, put it in a place where you'll see it fairly often. Maybe an ideal place would be in your Bible. If the Bible's on your phone, it wouldn't work quite as well, but, but uh, put it in your Bible and as, open up that Bible a lot, okay? And as you do, pray for Grace Covenant. And not just anything, but pray this, all right? Let's, let's uh, agree to, to do that. But right now, let, let's look at the original launch for a few minutes. The original launch of, of um, Christ filling with his spirit, his very first uh, followers. So in Acts chapter 1, we'll go back to that for a second. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Now, who's, who's doing the writing here? Anybody know? Luke. Luke. Okay, so then, second question, what would the former be, book be called? Luke. Luke. <laughs> Hard question there, right? So the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke part two. We could term it the Acts of Jesus because the Gospel of Luke is what Jesus began to do and to teach, implying he's not done. He's going to continue to do things. He's going to continue to teach. And, and so the Acts is the acts of the risen Jesus by his Holy Spirit in his followers. And then it says this, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Praise God for that. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now here's one thing he said, skipping down to verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, and by the way, this is a promise, not a not a command. This is what's going to happen. You're going to represent me. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, here, out there, everywhere. After this, he was taken 
up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And then going down to verse 14, about 120 of them at this point, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Uh, the apostles and others, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And, and then we, we, we skip over to uh, chapter 2. when the day, they, they pray for 10 days. So the 40 of Jesus showing up and then 10 more days of praying. Now it's 50 days later, the day of Pentecost. When that day came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And then we jump down to verse 14. Then Peter stood up, and by the way, people are just trying to figure this out when the world's going on, are these guys drunk? Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. And we won't take the time to go into that, but basically there's a twofold explanation. One is that God is fulfilling the promise that his spirit would be poured out upon people. And secondly, all this is coming from this Jesus crucified, but now raised from the dead. And verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the rest of the chapter, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers worked together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that a beautiful description of Holy Spirit-filled people? Listen, that's what happened. And I'm here to tell you today, it's still happening. It's still happening. And it continues to happen in the lives of ordinary people like you and me in a community called Grace Covenant Church. And and so we're we're going to, uh, uh, as as a leadership team and staff, share a few things about that. I I do want to just show you real quickly These are some of the leaders in the church. I mean, we have lots of leaders, but the leadership team, Jared, Steve, Colin, Mary, and Lynn. Jared was going to get up right now. Unfortunately, he's not feeling well. It's not COVID. He got a negative test, but he's not feeling well. So Jared, the chair, will not be with us today. By the way, hello, Jared. I assume you're watching, unless you're just taking a good nap right now. 
ministry staff, pastors, other staff, uh, Nathan, Chris, Kelly, Doris, and myself, and then a really, really important support staff that also do ministry, obviously, though they were not at our retreat back in April, Rob, Jason, Michelle, and Mabel. So uh, we're going to uh, invite Lynn Pott to come up. And, and what we want to do is just give you kind of a, a feel for how God was, was leading. I'll just say that uh, it was in April, a snowy Saturday in April, that uh, unfortunately Chris had to work that day because it was so snowy. But, but we came together up in Indian Hills. And the purpose was basically to build relationships in God's presence and to listen, to discern how God was leading Grace Covenant Church. So, great, uh, Lynn, would you tell us something about that process? Sure. So, first of all, I just want to say that I am so thankful for God sending our interim pastor, Steve. Yeah. Um, he does so much more then prepare sermons, awesome sermons, for us on Sunday mornings. Behind the scenes, he wisely, thoughtfully, and prayerfully helps guide this church by working with the staff and leadership team, and he is truly a godsend, so thank you. And it was his idea to do a one-day leadership retreat, and I'm just like, wow. I would have never thought about doing that until after we had a permanent pastor here. But it actually was needed now. So thank you, Steve, again, for encouraging us to do this. And the process that took place during the retreat actually began several weeks prior. Pastor Steve sent us all scriptures to ponder, a Bible study, if you will, to prepare our hearts and to already begin listening to the Lord for what he might have for us on that day. And during our time at the retreat, we shared a meal together. We played some team building games, bonding games, and we allowed ourselves to dream. And we brainstormed ideas and wrote them down of what we'd love to see at Grace if we could fill in the blank. And we read scriptures together and then we took time to just be quiet before the Lord, asking him to speak to us about his heart for grace. And he did. And when each of us shared what the Lord had spoken to each of us, we could see a common thread coming together, a shared vision. And we wrote, we wrote that down. And we began to prioritize what we were discerning. And we wrote that down. And then a wonderful plan developed as to ways we can clearly move forward in what God wants us to do here at Grace. Thank you, Lynn. By the way, I think the idea for a retreat bubbled up from the whole staff, but thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, what did we hear from God? Well, there were a lot of possibilities, a lot of possibilities, but here's what got more and more clear, is that we, we sense in the days ahead, God wants us to provide practical pathways, practical pathways for people to take steps into our whole mission, into following Jesus, uh, loving God, connecting with each other, growing 
in Christ, serving, living out the good news, practical pathways. And just to emphasize that uh, this may involve programs, of course, but more than just programs, it's about people. It's people alongside people. And people alongside people uh, where they are and as they are. And, and then uh, pathways that welcome people into our church family, maybe literally into this building, but, just, but into relationships with us, but also us, pathways that have people going out, out into the neighborhoods, out into the city, even out in, into the world. Uh, you really see this a, a vision of the, these pathways in Acts 2, uh, these highlighted terms kind of say it. There was a, a, a practical path into faith where that gets expressed in baptism. And then uh, intentional commitments. The only thing I like about the, on the mission statement, the banner, is all these adverbs. Passionately, intimately, intentionally, joyfully, boldly. That, that one in the middle, intentionally grow. It's not haphazard. You make a choice. You make a decision, each of us and all of us together, to intentionally uh, seek ways that we can move on the pathways further along to Christ, in Christ, out into the world. And so you see that. They devoted themselves. They intentionally committed themselves to the, the teaching, to God's word, to fellowship, you know, each other, to the breaking of bread and prayer, worship and prayer. And, and then uh, note how they, they met together. They spent time together. What are the pathways for that? Well, they gathered in temple courts. So the, the big gatherings of thousands of people but most significantly, in a lot of respects, they broke bread in their homes. And they didn't have huge houses, so relatively small groups, but that's where they could practice the one another's of uh, caring for each other, loving each other, encouraging each other, building each other up, and so on. And in that process of coming together, especially in homes and other places like that, uh, that's when the Lord added, brought in yet others into this whole new life. And, and so this, this is a, a biblical expression of the kind of pathways that together we really sense God pointing us toward for Grace Covenant Church. And uh, right now I'd, I'd like Steve and Shelley Burdick to come and, and to share some very down-to-earth practical ways we see uh, this central kind of pathway uh, showing up here at uh, Grace Covenant. We didn't practice this part. <laughs> okay. um, my name is Steve, and I'm a member of the leadership team. And we were sitting there that day, and I felt just a Holy Spirit nudge in a way that nudged me so much, I texted my wife. I said, gosh, I think God wants us to do that. And then she responded back with a yes, I think so too. And I'm Shelly, and I am definitely excited and passionate to get to be a part of supporting um, this endeavor with Steve in leading um, our church body in connecting or reconnecting um, with each other in a small group format. Um, we've attended Grace Covenant Church for 30 years, so fast forward from 50, 20 years, we've been here for 30 of those years. And we have just seen just a, a huge amount of stuff going on. Um, so in those 30 years, 
we've co-facilitated groups for 18 of those years um, in two, during two different seasons. So as it says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. God has designed humans to be social. He's a community in and of himself, and we are most in his image when we're in community with others and God's love, sharing God's love and supporting one another. Hence, we have strength in community. A cord of three, three strands is not quickly broken. So, as we just read, the Acts... She's not used to being my microphone stand. Um, we, as, we, as we just read in Acts, the early church, the, the place where Holy Spirit was poured out, it, it was a connecting experience. And we believe that that connecting experience is at the core and power of a healthy church. So in sharing together and doing life together and really growing in Christ together, this is ultimately what gathering with other Christians aims to accomplish. And gathering together has the purpose of disciple making within God's family. So, traditionally, here at our church, small groups have meant Bible study groups. That's what it's meant to the people of, of grace. But as we at the retreat heard from God, we heard that he wanted to make that a bigger. He wanted to make that a bigger thing. Bible study is awesome, and studying the Bible together is intimate and amazing. But there are other things that people can gather together to do together that would also connect them, that would also put them together in the way that God wants us to be together, um, in a home, in a coffee shop, on a volleyball court. Um, it could be so many different things. So um, during the first season when Steve and I were doing um, our first group, Nathan was about a year and a half old, be, right after Nick was born, right before Luke was born. Bob and Kathy Praborski joined our group. And um, we were always grateful that they brought some great wisdom to our group and were willing to hang with the people with little kids. And uh, we have an opportunity to hear Bob's story. Hello, my name is Bob Preborski, and I just wanted to talk to you today about uh, part of my life experience and faith in God walk that all of us are on that journey. It goes back to uh, early 70s. Uh, my wife and I were mid-20s, and uh, we had moved to Minnesota. And we had bought this house, and uh, there was an estate sale, so we had to have the carpet cleaned afterward. And the gentleman who came uh, was visiting with my wife, and all of a sudden, another guy showed up. And he was in his suit, and I thought that was his supervisor, but... Uh, as you guys understand, your wife tells you later, well, silly, no, that wasn't uh, the supervisor. That was uh, the pastor of the church that the man goes to. Oh, I didn't hear that part I said, but I did hear that they had a softball team, and if I was interested, I could go and play with them. So anyway, we started to attend there and then uh, playing softball and enjoying it. And uh, 
really having a good time at that. We really didn't have a church home and all that, so we went. But as time went on, uh, different men on that softball team um, really reached out to us. God had used this as a vehicle that we were invited into other people's homes for study and the Bible and fellowship and getting to know people. And it turned out to be a time that uh, early on was a good time for my growth. I was not raised in the church, so I didn't really understand what church was about and uh, Bible studies and that. But God used this concept of reaching out through playing softball that I could experience those things and get to know and uh, come closer to him over time. It was a good time for my family because uh, both our kids were born there and we had a place to take them and bring them up in the teachings of the Lord. So basically, I just wanted to relate to you uh, what that time was and uh, the vehicle used for it was playing softball. Who would have thought? Yeah. The church of softball, right? And uh, it was interesting because Bob shared his story with us 30 years ago, 25 years ago, and it became a more profound moment for me and for Shelly when I reported back to her what God was whispering to us about how groups should function in this place. And so the, um, here's, here's what we're hoping to do in the future we're hoping to provide support. Shelly and I uh, both have master's degree in counseling, too. We're, we're hoping to share support with people who uh, would step up and maybe facilitate a coffee group or facilitate a volleyball team or facilitate a Bible study or facilitate something um, that they hear God calling them to. And... Um, I'm hoping that maybe God might be whispering in your ear this morning in something that you might um, gather people around to do. So with the brainstorm help of Kelly and an amazing job by uh, Doris putting this card together, you all have one on your chair, you can find just everything that's already going on and has been going on in our church. And uh, mine and Steve's numbers are at the top, should you decide you would like to get in contact with us as we go forward. Um, so on a closing note, according to, and as uh, Charles Spurgeon has said, prayer is the powerhouse of the church. Opportunities for prayer are more likely when we gather together. And for me personally, when you're in a small group and you're able to pray together in an intimate setting, there's power, there's meaning, there is just um, great significance in it. So I would tell you that prayer is really at the foundational core of our relationship with God. It's our conversation with him. It's our talking to him and our listening from him. It is um, at the core of our intimacy with him, and our intimacy with him is at the core of our intimacy with each other. And so prayer is a pretty big deal. W would you join me in a quick prayer? Heavenly Father, um, you uh, are king, you are master, you are father, you are Lord, you are savior, um, you are spirit, you are here. Lord, um, speak to us, move us, and create in us a submissive soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Stephen Shelley. So, so these life groups, defined very broadly, all with a single purpose of disciple-making, but life groups, just doing life together, especially in smaller settings, that, that's really the big, the central part of the vision. Now, let me, let me, we're going to expand that with a few, more, a few more examples, but let me ask you what will seem like a really strange question. The question is, what is the front door what is the front door of Grace Covenant Church? Let me give you some options. The front door to Grace Covenant is the one right back there as you enter into this worship center. Uh, by the way, this is for pastors to escape from in case, <laughs> in case they're in trouble. Okay, that's what that door is. But A, front door is there. Uh, B, the front door is into the children's building. Or C, it's uh, into the offices of the church over there in the south building. Um, or, or maybe D, all of the above. Which would you say? The answer is none. The answer is none. The front door is not this building. Here's the deal. Now, we want people in here. Don't get me wrong, okay? But increasingly, it's extraordinarily rare that people in our society now walk into a church building because they want to check it out. They want to check out what church is. It's really very, very rare. Primarily, people check out a church, first of all, going online. It's just increasingly important. They check out the website. They, they go to social media, whatever it is. They do that first, and then maybe they'll visit. But I tell you what's even a bigger front door, and this is the front door, always has been, always will be. The front door is relationships. It's you and me and, and the people uh, that we live with, the people we live close to, the people we work with, the people we're sent out to uh, in, in, across the street, across the city, across the world, whatever it is. And so I'm going to ask two people, Colin Ellis and Kelly Gibson. Let's see, is Colin here? Okay, well, Kelly, come on up and uh, we'll share a few more examples. You know, when I was a, a kid, I actually was born in Nebraska. And uh, when we moved here, when I was about five years old, my mom was very, very adamant about um, getting my dad to get involved with us girls. We didn't have a lot to do. We were small. And she just kept pushing, pushing. My dad worked a lot of hours. And eventually, they found this little thing that was with this weird little name at this weird little church uh, called Awana. And we showed up that first week, and I was in third grade. And it, we had no idea. We, I think my parents knew who God was, but in that little church, in that little Awana program, is where we gave our lives to the Lord. And it changed everything in our family. Um, I have two younger sisters. Um, as we grew up uh, through the years, um, I, a lot of you know who Mike Gibson is, Mike Gibson Sr. Well, he was my youth leader uh, in Awana. And, of course, I married his son. So that was good. My sister actually ended up marrying the commander's son. So Awana has a lot of roots for us. We raised our kids uh, in Awana. Um, this church has an Awana program that has only, uh, we have 42 families, and only 15 of them come to Grace. That's a big opportunity for us to love on our community, Parents will do all kinds of crazy things for their kids. They will take them here. They will take them there. 
Uh, and it's a way to build community. This last season, we have spent lots and lots of time just loving on these families. They're not here yet, but our prayer is, is that we get to love on them. We, we're a community. Um, we are a life group. Those leaders create a life group. Uh, the picnic in the fall will be coming just around the corner. Uh, I love doing the picnic. I love that part of our church and our heart where it is outside on display and people get to come in and they get to be loved on. They get to be cared for. They get to eat. And we just get to care for our community. But what it, it's as, as important is what goes on out there for our community as it is is what happens in the hearts of us. Because we, our life groups are running the games. Our life groups are cooking the food. And we're doing it together. We're doing it as a, in relationship with each other. It's just a beautiful and amazing thing. So I'm so excited. You have no idea how excited I am that life groups are changing the way we look at it. It opens up a whole new place for people who are like, you know, I will never that they say those words, but we all know God has other plans. I will never go on a Sunday morning, but I will show up and play volleyball with a bunch of us who are all going to love them to death. <laughs> you know, they will show up and do maybe food, go out to a, a restaurant. Um, maybe they'll do a food tour. You know, they'll do all kinds of different things. People will do just about anything to, to be loved on because that's the cry of our heart. We want to be seen. We want to be loved and we get to do that. It is our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. I mean, we, we could tell so many stories about the way this is already happening. We just want to be, again, more intentional and, and uh, utilize the gifts that God has given. I mean, one, one way that uh, we're reaching out to this community is through the food pantry, uh, Grace's Grocery, and uh, lots of relationships get built. We want to I'm praying that as, as folks come in to get some food and so on, that those relationships will lead to the place where it also includes the, their coming to Jesus, if they're not there already, and, and to see people grow in faith, hope, and love. And uh, so, so the, 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 the encouragement, the challenge today really is that see how God would lead each of us to, to do life with some people. And within the body, but also beyond the body of Christ, out in the community, wherever we are. And I, I, it, you know, the, the beauty about groups like this is they're, they're really inexpensive. You don't need a big church budget to do church in that way. They're very extremely flexible. They're part of everyday life. And that's what God uses. You see the early church, you see it throughout history. We've seen it here at Grace. We, we just want to see that grow in the days ahead. And I'm very confident that any new pastor would be nothing but excited that uh, Grace has momentum in this direction. And speaking of that, uh, we do anticipate a new pastor coming. We've had a, a pastoral search team uh, hard at work. I'm just going to put their names up here for a moment. And uh, right now would ask the leader of the team, Taylor Burdick, to come and uh, just give us a quick update as to what's happening with their important uh, work. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just give you guys a quick update. Our team is um, really excited about the potential here. Uh, as we've met these candidates and just met, uh, just to see who they are and prayed over them and heard their testimonies, we've just been really encouraged. Um, 
with that process. And so just to kind of give you an overview of where we've been, where we're going, um, to this point, the candidates have submitted a really lengthy profile, you know, resumes, all that good stuff, went through all of that. Uh, we did not one but two personal Zoom interviews, um, and then we've also done a spouse interview. Candidates have also turned in a uh, sermon that they prepared for us. Um, and at this point, we're excited to launch into in-person interview season. So please be in prayer for that. Um, we're really excited to really kind of meet these candidates face-to-face -face, um, and just kind of get to have more of a sense for who they are, how they fit here. Um, we're really excited and we're just asking for prayer because obviously this is a huge discernment time. Um, and Satan would love to attack the church right now. So please be in prayer for that. But um, just an encouragement. We have just been so blessed in this time and are just very excited to um, hopefully share sooner than later who that candidate will be, who, who we would nominate. So um, be looking out for that. Be in prayer for us. We really appreciate you guys. Awesome. Wow. It's like a family reunion up here. All right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. That was a silly joke. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, as we uh, close down today, um, I'm just really excited about this vision of getting, not, not just calling people to our turf, but getting onto their turf. Um, I think that ultimately is what God's calling us to do here, um, is go to people where they're at. And uh, our best example for that is Jesus. He, he didn't just stay up there in heaven hanging out with God the Father. He came down and he hung out with us. He got up close. He got into the mud puddles of our lives. And I think that's what he's calling us to do as well. He's, getting, he's calling us to get up close to people in the mud puddles of their lives and be with them and walk with them. And I'm really excited about the potential of that because if it works for Jesus, I think it's going to work to keep the church going. Uh, near the end of Acts chapter 2, right after uh, Peter finishes his uh, sermon, the, the people turn to him and say, hey, Peter, how should we respond to this message? And of course, he responds, repent and be baptized. But ultimately, we are hoping that we would ask that question today. How should we respond? Because a vision is just that. It's empty words without, without people to, to put it into action. And so, we're asking you to consider how is God calling you to respond? Maybe he's saying to you, hey, today I, I want you to be a life group leader. I want you to begin to gather people together in your neighborhood or community, and I want you to just minister to them. Maybe like we've already uh, talked about prayer is so significant. I, I have been poured into by so many people who say that prayer is the real work, and I, I agree. Like, we're calling God's kingdom to earth in prayer. Maybe God's saying, hey, I, I want you to become a prayer warrior on behalf of grace. Maybe you, as you're sitting here thinking about what does it mean for me to be on other people's turf in order to reveal Jesus to them. Maybe you're thinking, wow, I have ideas. Ah, I, I'm, I, maybe you're like, whoa, I, there's just so much rushing through my head right now. Whatever it might be that God's calling you to, we want to encourage you and we want to come alongside you. And so we're going to transition right now into a time of prayer. And uh, I'm going to just start us and then we'll just have a, a, a time of silence. And in that time, I just want to encourage you to ask this simple question. God, how do you want me to respond? What do you have for me to do? 
Father God, you're good. We praise you. Lord, whatever you're asking of us, I pray that you would speak it to us. Lord, please quiet our minds, quiet any distracting voices in the name of Jesus. Just tune our ears to your voice. Father, what is it that you're calling each one of us to? Father, uh, as we hear these things from you, I pray that you'd give us the courage to do them. Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, empower us through your Holy Spirit to do the work that you're calling us to do. We can't do it alone. But with you, anything is possible. Father, we praise you. And we do ask that today would be the beginning of a new, of a, a really a true relaunch. Lord, that this church would impact this community and that many, many, many people would decide to follow you as a result. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to transition to our uh, closing worship song now. chose a really obscure old Pentecostal hymn that I thought was appropriate for Pentecost Sunday and for Vision Casting Sunday. So I'm going to sing it through first, and then I'm going to ask you to join me. And we'll probably do the chorus twice. Lord, as of old at Pentecost, thou didst thy power display with cleansing Descend on us today, Lord, send the old-time power, the Pentecostal power, thy floodgates of blessing on us throw open wide, Lord, send the old-time power, the Pentecostal power, that sinners be join me on that. Thank you. Lord, as of old at Pentecost, thou didst thy power display with cleansing purifying flame. Descend on us today. Lord, send the old time power, the Pentecostal power, thy floodgates of Send the old time power, the Pentecostal. 
You may be seated. Um, one of the things that we're really excited about as we head into summer is we are going to be transitioning to one service. And uh, I know that that might feel kind of scary or a little bit different, but we're excited about it because we know that it can help us to build community. Um, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things about being here both services is just getting to connect with all kinds of different people, uh, young and old, wise and not so wise. No, I'm just <laughs> I love just being able to connect with the whole body of Christ, and I'm really excited about that. And so moving forward, starting next Sunday, we're only going to have one service. Uh, it'll be from 10 to 11 in the morning. Um, so looking forward to seeing you there. And also, one additional thing, we'll be meeting beginning at 9.30 for like a like a snacks and coffee. So if you're wanting to come and connect and, and build a relationship, we would love to see you there at 9.30. Uh, also, uh, I would like to invite Jason and Mel to come forward, please. Um, as many of you guys know, uh, Jason and Mel are uh, headed to Nebraska. They're moving. And... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we're really, really going to miss them. Um, Jason and Mel have done so much for us. Uh, they really have been a part of the our little body of Christ here on the corner. And so, do you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, not really. <laughs> just, just thank you very much. Uh, this church has been a second home to us, a second family, a first family maybe. So, uh, thank you very much. That's, that's really the best thing I can say. Oh, yeah. I just want to say thank you to everyone. It's been, I don't know how long we've been here, several, several years. But all my babies have been baptized here. And this, has got, this church has gotten us through hard times. And we've celebrated wonderful times. And it's just been nice to have a home. And with how crazy and busy everything is on the outside world, to always have this little corner to come to has been amazing. And we won't be gone forever. We'll be back, I'm sure. Um, yes, but thank you for everything you guys have done for us and for all my babies. But we'll miss you. Um, we do have a card. And uh, Jason actually helped us to hang the new banner. And his request was, can I have the old one? So absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know what I'll do with it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but as they go, let's just pray over them. Uh, so you can just extend your hands. Father God, we pray for Jason and Mel and their family. We pray that as they go on their journey to Nebraska, you would be with them. Lord, that you would uh, bring community around them. Father, that you would bless them, that you'd keep them, that you would make their, your face to shine upon them and give them peace. Lord, you are good, and we thank you for everything that you've given us through them. Lord, you are good. We love you, and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Blessings indeed to the McNearneys, and thank you so much for the blessing you've been to Grace Covenant Church. Hey, let me just uh, add one thing to what Nathan said about our 10 o'clock worship, uh, in case you didn't see this in the announcement. As we come together, we want to have a mutual kind of respect for each other. And in the small differences we have had between the two services, we'll, we'll do some compromises out of, out of love and just see it as a growth opportunity for each of us personally, maybe. 
And so, a couple things. We'll have all styles of music. Well, I don't know if all styles. I don't know if Vicky's going to do, like, say, jazz or... or, uh, or I think rap. Rap is what uh, Vicky will be doing. But, uh, but we'll, we'll have kind of a combination of the styles we've had at uh, 9 o'clock and 10.30. And also, and this is really important, we're going to keep the volume levels down uh, so we won't blast anybody out. And I just hope we will see it as a great opportunity to connect and, and where we're not totally comfortable to say, okay, I'm going to grow in Christ and really respect the people really getting blessed by something that may not be my cup of tea. So I think I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, it's not just because the staff is lazy. We didn't want to work two, two services. We really want to see the church come together during the summer. And uh, praise God for that opportunity. Hey, we have a barbecue happening after late service. I hope you all come back for that. Probably around, what, 11.45, roughly, something like that. And um, please join us for that. And if, if you want to... Have, if you have any message you want to put on the connection card, uh, any notes, a prayer request, a note of praise, you can place that in the offering box as well as any offerings you have. And by the way, in a couple of weeks, we're going to give you an update on the finances. I can just say real quickly that the gap we've had is closing. Still have a ways to go, but uh, we'll give you a few more details that on that in a couple weeks. So let's stand together as you uh, go on your way. May you know that the Lord Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, is with you and goes before you. Let's follow him. Amen.
Salute.